Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Will you stand to your feet this Sunday morning? Let's get into the Word of God. Well, I feel like I need to give someone an introduction of who we are and where we've come from. There's a lot more to that, but you know, as we meet, as we see each other, we'll, we'll share more. Grab your little notebooks. Do you have your little booklets with you? This is intended to help disciple and help grow people. We're in the fourth chapter, the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Today, we're going to be talking about the believer's rest, the believer's rest. We're living in a hectic time right now where it almost seems impossible to take a break, get away on vacation sometimes, and you just don't have the time, sometimes not even the finances at times. But there's a rest that God gives you that doesn't cost anything. He's already paid for it. He's already paid for in full And we're going to talk about that aspect of God. First, we're going to read through our booklet, the very introduction to this chapter. If you have that, let's just read it together. It says, Hebrews 4 offers a true Sabbath rest for the people of God through faith in Christ. The rest for God's people is what was promised through the entire Old Testament. The true Sabbath rest does not come from adhering to the law or taking a break from our one-day just one day out of the week. The believer's rest comes to fulfillment in our lives by fellowshipping with Jesus Christ. So grab your Bibles. Let's get into the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready too. I felt it so strong this morning. I feel it again, and I'm excited to share with you. Hebrews 4, verse 1 says, Therefore... Since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Speaking of the Old Testament, them, Israelites, the Jewish nation. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, In those who heard it, verse 3, for we who have believed do not enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. Verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of, of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Verse 5, and again on this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some must enter, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. In verse 7, again he designates a certain day. Saying in David today, as such a long time as it has been said today if you will hear his voice do not harden your hearts do not harden your hearts kind of a great segue in from the third chapter of the book of Hebrews and many of you have been following along with the extra reading Uh, some of you have purchased the book from from the information desk connection center and and some of you maybe just be here hearing it for the first time 
are going to get a, a clear understanding about the rest that God has for his people. Today, it's our desire that you would just let God touch your mind, open your hearts, and receive a word from him. So will you just pray over the service right now? For those watching online, will you pray God just move and just allow your heart to, to receive the word of God? And pray for me that God would just give me the simplicity and the wisdom to deliver it. Will you do that right now all over the place? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. God, we just tap right in again to your flow and to what you have intended for today, God. We love you. We adore you. We bless your name. Touch our hearts and minds. Let us receive. Help me deliver in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen. One time give God a hand clap just because he is who he is. He's wonderful. Come on, he's powerful. And he never fails us. You can be seated. God bless you. While we were discussing this series, this, uh, this semester, the semester that we're in right now, our fall semester, we, um, we started to think about the Sabbath and begin to look at how the writer was developing and helping to instill a new culture. In order to change a culture, in order to see something shift with a group of people, you have to embrace an idea. It's embracing the idea that God has a rest. You see, the Hebrew nation only knew of the Sabbath according to a day. And the day that God created the heavens and the earth, he rested one day. So in a sense, it's trying to get the idea that rest, resting refreshes you. So we thought about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has had so many marketing schemes and ideas and strategies throughout the year. I'm a, I'm a marketing guy. That's what my family does. We, we know how to market. I got kids that know more than, uh, I mean, way more than me. We're develop, we develop apps. We do websites. We do all that stuff. And, you know, we know the marketing and how to do it on Facebook and all this stuff. But Coca-Cola has another level of marketing. They started that years ago, years ago. In fact, some of their slogans from 1886, 1886, folks, with a simple phrase, drink Coca-Cola and enjoy it. Now, part of the reason why people would enjoy Coca-Cola is because, um, well, first of all, Coca-Cola wasn't a drink before. It, it was really a medicine. It was medicinal. It came in the syrup, and you would drink a teaspoon or a tablespoon. The reason why it was so effective, because in the Coca-Cola, in that ingredient, there was coca leaves. And after people drank it, they felt their headaches go away, had more energy. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you take a sip, you're like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no wonder it was great, right? They changed the recipe, and then we find out now. Now we know it's a lot of sugar, right? But back then in 1905, they said Coca-Cola. Here was a slogan. Coca-Cola revives and sustains. 1924, refresh yourself. Now, this was going up all around 
the United States. Now Coca-Cola is worldwide, and it's translated to different nations and their languages. 1938, thirst asked for nothing more. 1944, with a simple question, how about a Coke? A Coke would take care of your problems. 1959, Coca-Cola refreshes you best. In 1969, they came out with the slogan, it's the real thing, because people started getting the recipe, and other companies started popping up, so the competition were trying to do what they do, but they had to come up with, we're the real thing. Coca-Cola, it's the real thing. Then, then 2019, 2015, open happiness. And Well, here's what they did. Back in 1950, they didn't just have commercials. They had agreements with industries. This is genius. They have agreements with industries to show their employees this video. Everywhere people go, they want refreshment. Everywhere home, people go, they the want road, refreshment. At the ball game, at home, or where? On the road, at the ball game, or wherever. Not only at play, but also at work. Not only at play. But also so at work, that's where you want job. refreshment most. So often, and enjoy that's where you most. want refreshment most. Especially and enjoy refreshment. Most. Refreshment Especially you quality trust. refreshment. Like you trust refreshment the product you make on your job. A quality product made with the best of materials, with experience and care. Here's refreshment you can enjoy quickly and conveniently and a place to put the bottle when you're through. Yes, sir, refreshment is on the job, side by side with the people on the production line. In plants large and small, in factories and mills, in warehouses, drafting rooms and offices, a bottle of ice-cold Coca-Cola when you're thirsty or a little tired. You know how it is. You just seem to get along better with your work when you're fresh and refreshed through the day. And now, on every kind of job, Coca-Cola is being made available for your enjoyment. A lot of thought went into placing the vending machines in the right spots. Spots as close as possible to you, so you won't have to walk clear across the plant for a little quick refreshment. Top management was in on it. And the foreman, too. No one knows his shop and what is required to run it right better than the foreman. So when that big red cooler shows up on your job, you know it isn't being put in that particular spot just by chance. It's the handiest spot, the closest and most convenient. <laughs> now, that was not a commercial for television. How many of you guys, are, and maybe even ladies, if you worked out the plant, 
you were shown this safety video before you got into the plan or you, even wherever you work, you saw that special video they had to show you for PR, public relations and so forth. This is what they showed their employees. Coca-Cola. Isn't that amazing? I thought, man, what a great idea. But the deal is, is that studies have shown that 30% of Americans take fewer days for vacation than anyone else in the whole world. See, the whole purpose was to refresh yourself. That was the, the idea, to put it in the people's mind that this drink would, would, would refresh you and you push pause for a moment just to, just to alter something that you're struggling with. But yet, in America, most of the people in America, we take the worst vacations. Most people around the world take more than two weeks, and when we take vacation to try to get some rest, it's very, very stressful at times. How many, for example... Parents, anyone here, have you ever got back from vacation saying to yourself, I need a vacation from vacation? <laughs> have you, no matter if you're parenting or if you're single, have you ever taken a vacation and not put away your phones and stick with your laptops and still have to deal with emails and still have to deal with clients and things that are going on? We do vacations poorly. Most of the time, we don't really take a good break. We just really miss it. And the point we're going to make today is the fact that we want to build a new culture. We want to build a, something in your conscience, help you and remind you that God is around every corner. He's convenient for you. And it'd be better for you to take one day's rest in his presence than to take a whole week off trying to find something that's not there. And we make ourselves weary. It's just like the devil sometimes that try to counterfeit God's, you know, presence or God being real, right? It's like God created, God created sugar and in its pure form, but then the devil made sweet and low, right? <laughs> I say that jokingly, but you understand what I'm trying to say. And then sometimes we can think that, that we need to really get away when God created the Sabbath. See, according to the Jewish calendar, it was one day a week and they followed it traditionally, but, but then Jesus came into the world. Jesus came into the world and changed everything. Well, you know, in the 1990s, again, Coca-Cola came in and they had their slogan was pause, the pause that refreshes. When the scripture says that we can refresh ourselves in the presence of God. Two different approaches, but yet the same goal was to help people find the true refreshing. And God is the real deal. You can find rest in him. But isn't it kind of, a, uh, kind of a paradox and kind of the irony of the fact that a God who has all power, all power, a God who created all things in six days, created the heavens and the earth, that God took a break? Is it because God was tired? God doesn't get tired. I mean, in one place in the scripture, you can read it where Israel made God weary because of their unbelief, but God doesn't get tired. But God, I believe, was setting a standard. And point number one, I believe this is the case. God took a break for our sake. God took a break for our sake. God set the standard for us to follow. Think about this just for one moment. Again, he has all power, 
all authority, all ability to do things. But yet he stopped and said rest. And he made that requirement in the law. And, and the Israelites followed it to the T. And on that Sabbath, there's a lot of argument about the Sabbath right now about church. And that's the big question that maybe some of the Jewish people have to Christians. Why do we worship God outside the Sabbath? Sunday's the first day of the week according to the Jewish calendar. And, and Saturday, you shouldn't do anything. Well, to answer the question, you really have to look at the life of Jesus. When Jesus came into the world, he came to establish why God did what he did in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was a shadow of the thing to come. It was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, is what the scripture says. And Jesus came to fulfill all prophecy and all things that were made. So when you find Jesus in the New Testament, he's a rule breaker. For those of you who love rebels, he's a rule breaker, man. He just comes in, and one place his disciples didn't wash their hands, and another place in, in Mark chapter 2, listen to this, Mark chapter 2 verse 23 says, and on the Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through the grain fields, his disciples began to break the heads off the grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, have you ever read in the scripture what David did when he and his companions, when they were hungry? Verse 26, he went into the house of God during the days of the priest, and he broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Verse 27, and then Jesus said to them, catch this, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Verse 28 says, so the son of man, the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath. What he was saying was, he was saying now you're going to understand under the old dispensation of the law versus the new dispensation of grace, I call the shots. I give the rest. If God himself took a break, Jesus himself broke the law, and came to establish the Sabbath in a whole new light, then it tells me that it's very important to God that we find rest. Very important for, to God that you and I find rest. In fact, Jesus established it a little bit further. If you read right here in Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus goes further to establish the new covenant and says this, then Jesus said, come to me. You know the scripture. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Those of you who are weary. One thing makes us weary more than carrying weight is our own flesh, own habits, own desires. 
And if you really look at that and under the new covenant, under what the book of Hebrews was really trying to say, you'll find that the writer was trying to say that you and I, read it in chapter 4, need to cease from our works just like God did from his. What is the works? Well, some people think it's the works of the flesh, all of our own doings, all of our own habits, our nature, living a sinful life, doing things of unbelief, doing things out of hatred, out of bitterness, ceasing from those works, but following the Spirit of God and resting in it, letting the fruits of the Spirit carry your life now from that point on, ceasing from an old life, ceasing from an old nature. Resting and trusting God instead of worrying, right? See, in our own works, we worry, and worry can get us down and cause depression. Fear is another work. One of our works, one of our natures, our tendency to fear. But in God, we have faith and we rest. Rest sounds so good right now, doesn't it? See, most people don't need two weeks away to the Bahamas. They really need two weeks in his presence. In fact, one moment in his presence, one moment with God can give you more relief than a vacation can. Now, I'm not saying don't take a vacation. So wives or husbands don't look at each other and say, we got to save money. We're not taking vacations. I think vacations are great. I think you need time with the family. But I think that when you can't take a vacation, you can still have a rest in God. See, I, I know that it's hard for us to try to find time, but you have to learn how to tip. Really, I'm going to say it like this. Take time. Take it. Make time. Take it. The scripture said it when Jesus quoted and said, From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. In other words, if some things aren't just going to be given to you, you have to make time and take what rightfully belongs to you. Learn how to say no, sometimes people will be upset with you, but you still have to learn to say no sometimes. In the world that we're living in right now, time isn't going to stop. It isn't going to stop. And it's not going to be respectful of your needs. But you're going to have to master your own time and say, I'm taking time to spend with God and prepare for the day, every time I have made time for him in the morning, I don't know how you are, but when I make time for God in the morning, the later, everything later on in that day is better. My thinking is better. My answers are better. My solutions to my problems are better, clearer. I know what to do. I feel what he wants me to do. But if I don't take time, I found that my day, by the end of the day, I am weary. I carried burdens. I didn't give them to him. I didn't take the time. I didn't wait because I didn't let him fill me up. I didn't let him fill me up. So point number two, and this is what I want to give you. True rest is found in his presence. True rest is found in his presence. To a lot of our men that work, sometimes you have a lot of windshield time. Some people are drivers. That's all you've got, and you've got to make the best of that time. 
to some of our moms that are here and you got to take care. Sometimes you got to go into his presence with a child on your hip. To, to those of you who have full schedules, uh, sometimes all you've got is, you know, just, just that afternoon lunch break. Wherever you're at, I want to encourage you and tell you that if you'll stop and look around the corner of your mind, you'll find that there's a dispenser there called the Spirit of God. And if you'll just take and hit pause, that you'll find the refreshment that your soul needs. And you'll find everything in his presence. I remember when I first moved back to Victoria, um, I started off in, in the plants. I was working out of the plants. So my actual trade and profession was instrumentation. So I was an INE tech. I worked for a generation plant for years and did air condition work and all of that stuff. And, and before I got in, God blessed me with an awesome job. I had to work in the construction field, and it was so hard to have time or find a place during the day. I know what it's like to be out in the heat, have the, I mean, hard hats and wear your glasses and come back with raccoon eyes at the end of the day. I know all about that. And I also know what it is to feel weary and hear everything, be around other guys that don't believe like you do, and them kind of, they know what you believe, and then they give you a hard time. I'm going to tell you what I had to look for. I had to look for the, 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 the place to try to find peace, and the only peace I found was in a stinky, raunchy porta potty <laughs> But I had my little pocket Bible. Now, you know, they didn't have apps then. We didn't have the iPhone. Then we had pocket Bibles, right? I'd pull out my little Gideon pocket Bible, and I'd go into that porta potty I'd start reading the scriptures, and I'd pray in the spirit, and like guys are like, hurry up, man. What are you doing in there? Taking my time, praying under my breath. I didn't. And I just was praying, and I would come out, and that's the only relief I had. But I'm going to tell you, although stinky, it was the most peace I could gather in that day, no matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at. The point I'm trying to make is you have to take it. You have to make it. You have to take it. You have to create the moment because we all have been given 24 hours of the day. How is it that some people are able to accomplish more than others? It's a matter of making time, but taking the time, taking it, being aggressive in that moment, saying, no one's going to stop me. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to put this first. I'm going to put God first. And, and I learned that, that with God, you have to slow down and take time to get everything God has for you, everything God has for you. The problem we have with some of us is, is that we're going on a long journey, but we only fill up with a quarter of a tank spiritually. I grew up Latino, right? So around my family, it wasn't a full tank of gas. It was like $5 here, $5 there, you know, $2 there. That's all I need. E didn't mean, it didn't mean empty. It meant enough, right? Or in Latino terms, it meant hijo. But when I married my wife, who's white, I learned how to get a full tank of gas. She, she's, I remember the first time we, we, were, we were together, and, and she saw and noticed I only put like $5 here, $10 there, whatever. She goes, why don't you fill up the whole thing? I said, we can do that? Can we do that? 
I thought I was saving money, right? We're not saving money. You actually use more gas with less gas in the tank anyways. But, but my point is, is that's how we live life because some of us feel like we're, we're deprived financially and your finances in the kingdom of God is faith. And you are, are you ready? You are rich in faith. Say it with me. Say, I am rich in faith. You have to believe that. And if you apply your faith and recognize that God has an unlimited amount of strength, power, and authority, it's just a matter of you stopping long enough so God can fill you. My favorite scripture, I'm coming to a close. One of my favorite scriptures, I've memorized it, I've looked at it, I've prayed it, I've, I've, I've meditated on it, but I've learned something from it throughout the years. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. I've, I've quoted that scripture so many times because it's in my spirit, and I had to learn it for myself. It says this in verse 29. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. Does anybody feel tired today? Not physically, but spiritually. Yeah, I mean, you know, both. Most of the time, if you're weary spiritually, it's going to become physical. It will. And if you need energy, and if you need power, and you need strength, stopping long enough to trust him. Verse 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Now, this is the New Living Translation. In the King James, in the New King James, it says it like this. But they that wait upon the Lord. That word wait comes from the Hebrew word that means to intertwine. Like you would do a rope. Strands of rope, tied together. And the scripture says that a threefold cord is not easily broken. When you come together with God and you intermingle in your spirit with his, he'll take your spirit soul and body and tie them together as one and you become stronger because your spirit man becomes stronger and it's not easily broken because you're not just getting a touch from God you're being filled with God I'm trying to help you you're being filled with God that through your spirit through worship that's why you're here at church to receive something to feel something you're not just getting a touch in your thoughts, but you're allowing your spirit to be filled, which will fill your thoughts, and you'll feel it in your body. And your central nervous system will begin to feel the chemical reaction of what your spirit is doing inside of you. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy on you, but that serotonin will be released, and you don't have to take a pill for it. That peace will be released. That burden will be released. And you'll feel the peace of God from head to toe just by going into his presence. And when you can walk that way, it's because you've found a new way of thinking. You know, Coca-Cola, um, speaking of Coca-Cola, do y'all remember when Coca-Cola came out with the new Coke? How many of you remember that? 
And it wasn't just red and white. Now it was red, white, and gray. When, when I believe it was, I'm not going to say the name of the CEO, but, but when he made that change, he, he thought it would bring something new, but the sales plummeted. It plummeted. It went down fast. No one liked it. You know what they did? They went back and they started marketing again the, the real thing. And because people missed the old Coke so much, when they came back, read the history of the market of Coca-Cola during that time when Leah Coca-Cola, when Leah, that's why I wasn't going to say his name. It sounds like too much like Coca-Cola. Oh, Cola. <laughs> yeah. That CEO, they saw the market and stock with Coca-Cola take off higher than it ever had been before. Why? Because people missed the real thing. See, that's what religion does to you and I. Religion is just a motivation. That's why, that's why when you, you can't keep your eye on men, men will fail you. That's why religion, you know, has this approach of I'm, I'm, I'm right with God. I'm holy and pure. I can do whatever I want to do and still be right. Listen, at one point in your life, everyone's going to have to make the decision that we're going to live this thing to the core of our being and be true to God yeah. and not allow anything to come into your life that's going to stop you or hinder you from the anointing of God in your life. And when you can find that place with God, you're at peace with Him. And when you find the peace of God, you find the ability to stop, to tap in to the real thing. Because once you leave religion, you'll find that is nothing more than a counterfeit for the real thing. It's not religion. It's relationship that God is looking for. Relationship that God is looking for. It's a personal relationship where we don't keep Him out of certain parameters of our life, but we knock down every every restriction and say lord jesus here i am come into my life if you don't like something then tell me and let me know so i can repent of it get it out of my life but i my life is open my heart is open i want you you got to stay long enough and stop long enough to tell them lord jesus fix me rewire me encourage me help me and god will do it it's his presence. And I close with this thought. I'm closing with this thought. And here's what I'm going to give you. You must give yourself permission to find rest. You heard me right. Give yourself permission. It's okay not to stay busy all the time. Not to fulfill your conscience by working all the time and producing you have to stop and you have to refresh you have to push pause and allow yourself the time spent with him alone sometimes you have to say no to certain invitations because you have to prepare what God has for you sometimes you gotta you gotta hurt people's feelings sometimes not on purpose but some, being alone, you can't take everybody with you. Now you know why in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, why Jesus, when he was ministering to people, how many times did we read 
Jesus went alone into a, a mountainside. He went alone. Only one time he took three men with him. And they saw what happened when his alone time, in his alone time, they saw Elisha and Moses show up in the spirit and he was translucent and he, he, he was also in a spirit form. Jesus transitioned, transformed in front of them. And those men didn't know what to do, but that's the kind of strength that God gave him in his private time. So he never missed it. You can get to a place in your life when you commit to this and say, I'm going to stop, push pause, and allow myself to be refreshed. You see, the Hebrews in that fourth chapter, the writer was trying to tell them, you know, uh, you need rest. You need to find it in the presence of God. You've kept it to the law. You've kept it to the T. You dotted every I. You, you were very cautious to keep the law. But now you can find it in his presence. And the Lord is the Lord of the Sabbath. And now he's the one. You need to cease from your own works. Stop doing things the way you think they need to be done. And just ask God for direction. And stop long enough so he can speak to you, talk to you, give you direction. I promise you, one moment with God would do you more than a week of research trying to figure out what to do with your problems when your problems can be solved in one moment God can change everything God can change everything for direction for you for your family what's the next step to take what what some of you feel like you you have a calling to start a business some of you feel like you have the ability to do something great. You still even feel like you have a ministry. But you'll never see any of your callings fulfilled walking according to your own will. You're only going to see them come to, to fulfillment walking in the will of God and the purpose of God. Then you'll find out from the creator and you being creation, knowing what you were made for, how you were made, and that purpose you were made for is to help him establish his will in your life. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for everyone. But the moment we say, I'm too busy, is the moment we forfeit the opportunity to be led by him. How many of you want to be led by him? Come on, stand to your feet here this Sunday morning. I want to pray for you. In this moment, can you just push pause? In this moment, can you just lift your hands? Can you tap into his presence just right now and just simply ask him to move? Simply ask him to move. Simply ask him to touch. Just release yourself right now. Just release yourself right now. Release yourself right now and tell him, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my heart. Take a chance. If you've never given your life to Jesus fully, Maybe right now is the time. Maybe it's time to stop and say, I've tried it. I tried doing it my own way. I'm going to try his way. If that's you, why don't you just pray a prayer like this and say, Father, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for doing it my way. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to come into my heart and I want you to begin to lead me. And I want everything you have for me. Let your purpose for my life begin to unfold itself. See, there's no hype in this right now. There's, you gotta, 
get real with God sometimes and just stop and just let him have it completely. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.